Are you ready? Good. <laughs> this is the first week of 2018. Before we get started, let's pray and go for the Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for this time you've given us today, chance to come before you. Lord, to worship you, to bless you, to praise you, to fellowship with your spirit. Lord, I pray this morning as we go into this message that will carry over from this week to next. Lord, I just pray that you, we, we begin to have an understanding of what it means to be blessed. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We ask that everything that's said this morning will just be moved by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It's not by my might. Amen. But by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Every year, you know, it's New Year's, right? Every year, New Year's, we come up with, with some, what do we call, resolutions. Last year, we talked about, uh, remember, we talked about uh, blessed are the meek, and we, we talked about all the, all the kind of the, the, good, the good stuff, what you're blessed by. This year, you know, we talk, I want to talk about hashtag blessed. Joan's already laughing. She, it's, yeah, hashtag blessed. This is the first, you know, the first time of the week, first time of the year we come up with resolutions. Some of the resolutions are to lose weight. Some are to make more money. Some are to exercise more, right? How many made a New Year's resolution? No, not really. Okay. A few did. That's all right. That's good. We tend to come up with commitments or resolutions and usually, not all the time, but usually it seems that they fall by the wayside within a few months, sometimes a few days, or sometimes even a few hours. <laughs> How many ever made a commitment and just a few hours later you went, oh man, put down the cream puff, put down the piece of pie, put down the piece of cake and move forward, right? Hours later. My prayer for you in this new year, my prayer for you, more than any other prayer, is that you would be have a deeper relationship with God than you've ever had before. That you would deepen in your relationship with God than you ever have before. I, I, I mean that. I, I want the relationship with God that out of that relationship will flow blessings into your life. I really do. I want your life to be hashtag blessed. Some people will know what that means. What does hashtag blessed mean, Pastor David? If you're on Facebook at all, or Twitter, or any of the social media, you know, I don't want you to be confused, because as Christians, sometimes the idea we have of God's blessings is wrong. Right? Sometimes the idea we have of God's blessings is wrong. In fact, there seems to be a lot of confusion among everybody what it means to be blessed. One writer said that the term blessed or hashtag blessed, the term has become vogue, which means it's trendy, it's fashionable to say I'm blessed now or hashtag blessed. And, and if you look through, I, I, I challenge you, if you look through your Facebook feed in this last year, uh, I had, I did it myself. I found it, I found it quite funny. Uh, if you look through your Facebook feed, I'm sure you'll find either people or maybe yourself who posted something and then afterwards said, hashtag blessed. Right? Did anybody do that that can admit to it? Amy did. I know. I saw. Hashtag blessed. She said, Zadrunas loves his little brother. Something like that. Hashtag. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's a blessing, right? There's some times where it's genuine. 
There's people that said, uh, I love my family, and then a picture of their family, and they say, hashtag blessed. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Bryce could post a picture of the baby sonogram and say, hashtag blessed, and there would be nothing wrong with that, right? Because he's blessed. But there's so many times, especially now in today's culture, where it's used for almost anything. And it's used in a way that, that, that doesn't always equal blessed. So I want to go through some, uh, <laughs> it goes everything from the genuine to the non-genuine. The, the phrase blessed or hashtag blessed is trending. These are real Twitter and Facebook feeds. I want, I want you to listen to this. Michael Vick says, Virginia Tech Hokies football, hashtag blessed. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know why, but okay. Chris Jenner, oh boy, wants us to know that she loved being in Greece. Hashtag blessed. Greece, the country, by the way. I don't, I don't, I don't think she, I don't think she's in Crisco or something like that. I don't. Uh, the drag queen, RuPaul. Everybody can groan right now if you'd like. The drag queen RuPaul says this, uh, the queens were thanks living on Thanksgiving. Hashtag blessed. Makes you sick to your stomach sometimes. Someone, uh, someone got a million followers on Twitter. Hashtag blessed. Here's some funny ones. Uh, <laughs> strawberries on sale at Trader Joe's. Hashtag blessed. I hit four green lights in a row. Hashtag blessed. Here's the best one. Caught a piece of bacon falling out of my sandwich right before it hit the ground. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> yeah. The point, the point is this. Do we know what it means to be blessed? Do we even know what it means anymore? What does it mean to be blessed? Somewhere along the line, we got this idea in our head that being blessed means getting whatever we want and getting it as easy as possible. And that's blessed. That if I'm rich, I'm blessed. If I have a private plane, I'm blessed. If I get to travel to Greece, I'm blessed. If I get to catch my bacon before it hits the floor, that would be blessed. I'm just saying. Blessed. I have some news for you this morning. We, as Christians, did not choose the easy path. We did not choose the easy path. We haven't chosen the broad path. You see, it's easy to just flow with the crowd and the culture. Amen? It's easy to not speak righteousness to the unrighteous. It's easy to avoid the tough things and only focus on the pleasant things. That's easy. It's easy to just give in to any desire that comes into our mind. That's easy. It's easy just to give ourselves over to those things, to surrender to it. That's easy. But God has not called you to an easy life. Amen? Let me say that again. God has not called you to an easy life. I will say there are times of refreshing. Man, I love, there's times we're refreshing and a time that God allows us to drink freely from the well. But most times that's only after one battle and before another. Right? Come on. Bob, you know what I'm talking about. It's before, it's after one battle and before another. The Christian life is a life of hard work. 
Are you hearing me this morning? The Christian life is a, is a life of hard work. Trust me when I tell you that is not the title of a bestseller in the Christian book aisle. The Christian life is a life of hard work. The Christian life isn't broad, it's narrow. It's not crooked, going wherever our heart desires. Right? It's straight. Going where God desires. Going where God desires us to go. Broad is the way, right? That leads to destruction. Easy isn't blessed. And a blessing isn't always easy. A blessing isn't always easy. I want to start this message, and you say, Pastor David, it's just the new year. Couldn't you have started with some ice cream or something? It's the new year. It's a new message. I promise you, by the end of the series, you will understand what it means to be blessed. And I pray that in hearing it, you will be blessed. I want to start this message off by turning to Genesis in chapter 32. And it begins in verses 3 through 8. It says this. If you can't see that, uh, how many can see that pretty well? Can you see in the back? You good? Okay. If you can't see it, I'm going I'm to read it to you anyway. Genesis 32, 3-8 says this, And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Sir, this country of Edom, instructing them, Thus you shall say to my lord Esau, Thus says your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have traveled with Laban and stayed until now is what he's saying. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male servants, and female servants. I have sent them, I have sent to tell my Lord in order that I may find favor in your sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob saying, We came to your brother Esau and he is coming to meet you. And there are 400 men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people who were with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two camps, thinking if Esau comes to one camp and attacks it, then the camp that is left will escape. Pastor David, what is happening here? At the center of this account, how many know the story of Jacob? A lot of people would know the story of Jacob. Some people would know the story of Esau. In case you're not familiar with it, let me tell you exactly what's happening here. There are two men at the center of this account named Jacob and Esau. Now, they are brothers. In fact, they are twin brothers. When we come to the account, Jacob is sending his brother Esau a message. And he says this, I like this message. All I have and have done is to find favor in your sight. That seems like a pretty nice message, right? I mean, honestly, if, if my brothers sent me a message and say, everything that I have and have done is to find favor in your sight, I think, wow, that's pretty nice. Jacob sends a message in peace, but Esau returns a message that seems anything but peaceful. Seems anything but peaceful. He says, he's coming to meet me. And he's bringing 400 men with him. Verse 7 tells us, Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Why? Why? Esau, why? Why are you bringing 400 men? 
Why bring 400 men? The only possible explanation is that Esau is going to attack Jacob's camp. The only possible explanation. Why would he do that? They are brothers. Why, why would they do that? He, we're brothers. In order to understand why this is playing out the way it is, we have to look into the past of both Jacob and Esau. How many know we spoke before about Father Abraham? Right? Father Abraham had many sons. How many know the song? Who knows the song? Who else? Who, who knows the song? Come on. Amy, you're saying awful loud. I'm looking for a volunteer. Father Abraham had many sons. Carrie, I heard you singing. Many sons of Father Abraham. No? Okay. I am one of them, and so are you, right? How's it go, Carrie? No. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, right? What is it? Bob your head, turn around, something like that? Nod your head? <laughs> the fa- Father Abraham didn't just have many, many uh, sons spiritually. He also had many sons uh, physically. Abraham had many sons physically. One of those sons was a, was a man named Isaac. Isaac married a woman named Rebekah. But here's the thing. Rebekah was barren, meaning she couldn't conceive children. The Bible says that Isaac pleaded with God for his wife, and God caused her womb to open, and she conceived not just a baby, but two. The twins, Jacob and Esau. To take a look at this, we're going to look at Genesis 25, verse 21. It says this, And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And then there's this. The children struggled together within her. And she said, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her these words. Listen to this. Two nations are in your womb. Two nations are in your womb, and two people shall be from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there are twins in her womb. They were twins in her womb. This was not an easy pregnancy. This was not an easy pregnancy. How many, uh, how many women here have ever had an easy pregnancy? <laughs> how many have ever had a tough pregnancy? Yeah, I know my wife did. Easy pregnancy? Well, Carol's not here. I, I was going to ask Carol, where's Doug? Well, Doug's not here either. Evan, where's your family? <laughs> There's some, some women will say, boy, I just, I mean, I, you know, it was an easy. Amy, Amy, did you have an easy pregnancy? You've had both, right? You've had tough ones and easy ones, right? There's been tough ones and easy ones. This was not an easy one. The twins struggled within her. How many have brothers? You know how brothers fight, right? Jonathan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah? Well, this started in the womb. This started in the womb. They were struggling against each other. They weren't waiting to come out. They were fighting now. 
in the womb, they're struggling against each other. I, I, I think there is a bit of comedy in what happens here because you picture two children. Have you ever seen the picture of a, of a, of a mother's belly and a child's handprint coming out of the belly? Have you ever seen this where the, the child's hand is pushing up against the belly and you can see it coming from the, you can see the stomach and, and there's a, there's a hand coming out. It's like alien times two. And it's just, it's like, I, I, right? Come on. Imagine that in that small space of two children, they are just going at it. They're just knocking the lights out of each other, right? I mean, they're just having, they're having a UFC match inside the womb. This sounds a little gross, I know. It's getting there. They're struggling within the womb. Rebecca says, Lord, why is this happening to me? And he says, there's two nations in your womb, and the two people shall be divided, and one will be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. And when they come out, even when they come out, there's a battle. Listen to this. Go to the next slide. It says this. The first came out red. All his body was like a hairy cloak, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel, so that his name, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. I want you to think about that. The baby is born, this hairy little baby is born, and his brother is holding his heel. His brother is holding his heel. Have you ever been in a race with your brother? Come on. Have you ever been in a race with your brother? And there's a, it's like a race. To, I mean, Esau and Jacob had to be in there. And, and, and they, they, had, they had to be like, okay, there's the finish line. And, and I'm going to get there first before you. And Jacob was like, you're not getting there first. And so he grabs a hold of his leg. He grabs a hold of his heel. He tries to hold him back. Have you ever raced your brother and in trying to stop him from finishing, you grab his leg, you trip him? Jacob says, yeah, I have. It's interesting that his name is Jacob. And we're talking about Jacob and Esau. Because here's the thing. This kid Esau, he came out red. All his body was like a hairy cloak. So they named him Esau. Do you know what Esau means? It means Harry. This is quite the original name giver. Harry, this kid, they come out, he's Harry. So they literally name him Harry. It, I mean, truly, Bryce, you should not use this naming technique. No. It's not the most original. But here's the thing. This boy, Jacob, when he comes out, he's holding onto the heel. It's almost as if he's saying, I made it to the finish line too. I wasn't there, but I was almost there. I, I wasn't in first place, but I was almost in first place. I was holding on to the heel of the guy who was. And so they give him the name Jacob, which means supplanter. Now, Jacob, what does supplanter mean? No idea. That's all right. It means deceiver. <laughs> Sorry to tell you, buddy. <laughs> It means deceiver. Deceiver. I, man. <laughs> deceiver. The two boys who were fighting from the beginning 
we're still fighting now. I like this. As the girl shows what happens, go to the next verse. When the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in his tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. It's going into a style of parenting here where one parent loves the child more than the other. Right? Esau is loved by Isaac, his father. And Jacob is loved by Rebekah, his mother. It's not to say that Rebekah didn't love the other children. It's not to say that, uh, that, that Isaac didn't love the other children. But there was a certain special connection. How many as parents know that there's some children you just have maybe a special connection with? For Isaac, it was because Esau was a skilled hunter. He was strong. Jacob was very different. He was a thinker. If, if you, the depiction here is that Esau is more of a jock type, while Jacob is a thinker. It's blue collar versus white collar. Tough and strong versus smart and savvy. Now, the depiction that Isaac is the more of the jock type. Isaac is, a, or I'm sorry, Esau is the jock type. He's the strong guy. He's the hunter. And we have Jacob, who's the thinker. He's the smart one. It's tough and strong versus smart and savvy, right? Now, there's something you should know. So, though in this culture, and actually just in, in most cultures still today, there is a specific and important advantage to be born first. To be the firstborn, right? How many here are the firstborn in your family? Ooh. How many here are the youngest in your family? Yeah? How many are in the middle somewhere, like me? I was a middle child. You know what they say about middle child? The most balanced, right? The most balanced, I promise, is what they say. No, they say they got problems. So that's just how it goes. They say they got problems. There is a specific and important advantage, though, to being born first. Being born first meant you were entitled to something called the birthright. The birthright. This was an honor only for the firstborn. And here's what it did. It gave him head of household status. It came with the right to his father's inheritance, the estate. The son with the birthright, listen to this, the son with the birthright would receive a double portion of whatever else was passed down. It was a blessing. And now understand that no matter what order you were born in, a blessing would be given out no matter what. A blessing would be given out, but the birthright was more than a blessing. And Jacob wanted it. Jacob wanted it. But he had to wait for the right time to make his move. He had to wait for just the right time. Go to the next slide. We come to Genesis 25, 29 through 30. It says this. Now when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew for I am exhausted. Now, I want you to picture the scene here. 
Esau comes in from his hunting trip. He's both tired and hungry. His stomach ached from the hunger. The wording here indicates that he was begging for food. Jacob, seeing his hungry brother, could have just given him some food, right? But instead, he sees an opportunity. And he uses this time to jump on the opportunity. Jacob says this. Go next, next, next slide. Jacob says this. Ah, man, this is funny. Jacob is just, he's, he's a sneaky dude. He says, sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I'm about to die. What use is a birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. This means Esau despised his birthright. Esau never understood the value or the importance of this blessing. He never understood. He was entitled to it. It was his, but it held no value to him. He was entitled to it. It was, I mean, it was his, but it held no value to him. It's hard to understand this until we put it in today's terms. I want you to think about the gifted athlete who kills his career because of drugs. Think about the movie star who kills his career because of sex. People that have the keys to the kingdom. I mean, if they want, every door can be open to them. They took what they wanted. They had no regards for what it meant. Think about those people today, and you'll get a good idea of the mindset of Esau. They're entitled to it. They're gifted with it. It's theirs by right. But it holds no value for them. They give in to the appetites of their flesh, and it costs them more than they can possibly imagine. Esau gave it away for some bread and stew. But the story doesn't end there. Because it wasn't just Esau's words that gave Jacob the birthright. right? It wasn't just the words of his brother. He also needed the blessing from his father. How is he going to do this? Jacob couldn't just withhold food from his father to get the blessing. He needed to become his namesake. Jacob needed to become the deceiver that he was born to be. Somebody say amen. Yeah, you say, Pastor David, should I say amen there? Because he's going to be a deceiver. Yes, you should, because what happens now will lead to so many other good things. I'm so excited about this. I'm, I, I'm really, I'm excited. I could jump right now. Nobody wants that. It's all right. The account could be found in Genesis chapter 27. But, but truly, uh, rather than read it all, I, I want to I tell you how it went down. Okay, so rather than go over the whole thing, I want to tell you how it went down. Don't go to the next slide yet. Isaac, here's what happens. Isaac is getting old. His eyes are becoming weary. He's, his eyes are dim, is what the Bible says. He can't see like he used to. He senses that his life is coming to an end, and he calls in Esau. 
He says this, he says, Esau, get your hunting gear and go get something for me to eat. You know, I love, here's what he says. You know, you know, Esau, I love savory food. I love savory food. And, and after I have eaten, I will give you your blessing. I need to do this before I die. Isaac, Isaac senses that his time is coming to an end. I need to do this before I die. Esau gets his, he gets his gear and he goes out on the hunt and he's eager to get what's coming to him. Right? Oh, it's coming to him. He's eager to get what's coming to him. So he goes out on the hunt. But remember that while Esau was Isaac's favorite, Jacob was his mother's favorite. Jacob was Rebecca's favorite. She wants Jacob to have the blessing. And she's listening in on the conversation between Esau and Isaac. Can you picture this? I mean, if you look, think about modern day soap operas, this isn't too far off. If you think about modern day, like, wow, this is really very deceiving person. This person wants to do this and this. And, and oh, this person overheard a conversation because they were spying. They weren't supposed to. This is what Rebecca's doing. Rebecca's listening in on the conversation. She hears what's being said and says, now I have to make my move. So she runs to Jacob and says this. Listen, I just heard your father tell Esau this. And you can imagine that as she, as she comes to him, she probably heard it and ran to him and said, Jacob, listen. Okay, listen, I just heard your father tell Esau that you gotta, you gotta get your gear. You gotta go. You gotta, okay, he's got, okay, listen, Jacob, here's what you need to do. I mean, she's probably like, whoo, excited. We're gonna, Jacob, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. We're gonna pull it off somehow. I just heard your father tell your brother to go hunting. That he's going to give him his blessing. So here's what I need you to do. Go out to the pasture where we have goats. And just pick a couple of them. Pick some good ones. Pick a couple of the kids. And bring them and I'll cook them. And I'll make the savory stew that he likes. And then he will bless you. Now, when you consider that Jacob's name is Deceiver. It's no, I think the name came from his mother. I'm just, I'm just guessing. But it seems like Rebecca is into some deception herself. It seems like Rebecca is probably in some, into some doing things, kind of getting around the rules. You know what I'm saying? So Jacob likes this idea, but he says, well, hold on a second. I mean, he's going to like my stew, but mom, Remember Esau, his name is Harry. His name is Harry because he's Harry. His mom says, don't worry about it. I got this. I have a feeling that it was just translated differently in the Bible. I have a feeling that she really said, don't worry about it. I got this. Can you laugh a little? It's okay. <laughs> I got this, she says. So Jacob goes, gets the goats. Is, is, is doing, I mean, get the best goats. She makes his favorite. And then she does this. She goes, okay, how are we going to do this? She dresses up Jacob in Esau's clothes. Grabs Esau's clothes, has his smell on it. Grabs Esau's clothes. Not only that, but she, here's the thing, that soup that she made with that goat, with those goats, here's what she did. She took the goat hair from the goat skin and puts it on Jacob's smooth parts of his body. 
He puts it on, he puts it, she puts it on his neck and she puts it on his hands. I guess Esau had a hairy neck. I, it's weird to think about, but this is real life, right? How many know someone with a hairy neck? Don't raise your hand if you're one of them, but. <laughs> it happens, right? I'm not going to tell you, but a, a YouTube video I saw. Of, yeah. It's like he was wearing a sweater. The guy was wearing a sweater made out of hair, and they were trimming him, and it was, wow, praise the Lord. Here's the thing. She gets the goat hair, she puts it on his body, she gets his clothes, puts it, this is, I mean, honestly, this is pretty ingenious. This is, if you're pulling off a crime, you want Rebecca on your team. Right? It's like Ocean's Eleven in here, and, and they're doing it the right way. So here's, we want to look at the scripture to see the rest of the story. So it says this, Genesis 27, go to the next, next slide. So here's what happens. They do all that, they get it prepared, and then he says this. So he went to his father and he said, my father, and he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. Jacob is just lying here, by the way. He's just absolutely lying. And Isaac says to his son, excuse me, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he answered, because the Lord your God granted me success. Yeah. Does anyone else find that kind of funny? I find that a little funny. Maybe it's just me. But he's essentially saying, Hey, son, uh, how is it that you found this so quickly? Because Jesus gave it to me. That's what he's saying. He said, well, okay, you know, your God gave it to me. Jacob is just out in bald-faced lying to him. And it's kind of, you. if you watched it in a movie, you'd go, boy, this guy is kind of, a little slimy, you know. He's doing what he shouldn't be doing, but there, there's a little bit of, you know, he, I, I get a little bit of a laugh out of it because it's so just in your face. Yeah, you know, the Lord gave it to me. But here's the thing. Isaac isn't dumb. He's not dumb. He might be blind, but he's not stupid. You know what I mean? He's blind, but he's not stupid. He knows something is off here. He knows something is off. Something doesn't smell right. And so he tests him a little bit. Go to the next slide. And Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether or not you are really my son Esau. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, This is, this is interesting. The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, are you really my son, Esau? And he said, I am. Jacob has passed the first test. The first test where he's very smooth skinned, his brother's very hairy. And now he says, come near and and let me feel you, my son. Let me feel your hands. Let me feel your neck. Let me determine whether or not you are Esau because you sound like Jacob. He passed the first test. He says, are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Go to the next slide. Then his father Isaac said, this is is still Isaac, still not quite sure. There's something wrong. There's still something off here. 
He says, come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, see, the smell of my son is as the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. Jacob has now just passed his second test. Jacob has passed both tests. And Isaac is now convinced that he is his brother Esau. And this is the blessing that he gives him. May God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everybody who blesses you. That is an amazing blessing. Amen. I I would love that. I mean, that blessing is incredible to be a part of that blessing. Cursed be. I mean, if anybody curses you, they're going to be cursed. And if anybody blesses you, they're going to be blessed. Man, that's an amazing blessing. Are you excited about that this morning? No, because you're part of that blessing, by the way. Amen. We'll get there. It's okay. It's an incredible blessing. And for Jacob, it happens just in time. Because just as he receives the blessing, and just as he leaves his father's tent, someone came back from his hunting trip. Yeah? Go to the next slide. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. Oh, boy. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. Hmm. What happens next? I promise you, what happens next will lead to world-changing events. What happens next, it blows everything out of the water. You do not want to miss it because we will look at it Next week. Next week. Hashtag blessed. Part two. Hashtag TBT, right?